going on, everybody? DeMarco and Eric here for another episode of Deadlifts, Dogs, and Dad Jokes. And uh, we're very excited to have you here for another episode. Um, Eric, how's it going? It's going good. How are you doing, DeMarco? Life's good, man. Life's good. Excited to be back in the saddle. Yeah. And very pumped to be talking to our amazing audience about more training stuff. We're going to be more training focused today. You know, last time was a catch up after a little bit of a hiatus. And uh, I'm very excited to hopefully give you guys some value and uh, do what we are always working towards doing here at Deadlifts Dogs and Dead Dogs, which is help you become your strongest self and have fun along the way. So that's definitely the plan. Eric, we've been coaches for a while. We've, uh, I always joke like the, the State Farm commercial, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. <laughs> and um, so let's talk about our collective seven deadly sins of training. So these are basically the seven most common mistakes that we see people make in regards to their training, the gym, workouts, etc. And um, Eric, I'm going to let you go first with your first one. And we're going to just uh, go back and forth and uh, go into a little bit of a deep dive on each one. And let's have some fun. Yeah, thanks, Marco. I, I think I kind of want to hit a layup right away. I think number one or very up at the top here would be bad technique as a deadly sin. Most people, when they enter a gym, not to say that they they do the move, movements completely wrong, but a lot of times there's things that they can do a lot better. And a lot of that could be tempo-based, could be um, full range of motion, like as far as things to, to do better. And if they're limiting themselves on these things, as far as range of motion, as far as going a little bit too fast during the movement, or just their, their body position is incorrect, that can completely eliminate their, eliminate their ability to actually grow muscle in those areas that they're trying to work. So obviously, it's so crucial that we're working the, the right muscles when we're doing a specific exercise, right? So I think that becomes number one, in my opinion, would be bad technique as a deadly sin. And correcting that would be everything. So what what would you say to kind of piggyback off that as far as from a bad technique? What would be some things to clean that up to make it better? Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, first off, I think that's a great one to open up with because, uh, you know, poor technique or I don't like to use the words bad and poor. However, we'll just say suboptimal. I, I love to use yeah. the word. Yeah, I don't want to. I, I just um, said it just flat out as it is. I bad think it's, yeah. it's still true. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it's I don't think we need to argue too much over yeah. semantics. But, poor technique, um, yes. But yeah, no, I, I think the, the main piece there is safety, right? Like if you're doing something improperly, you know, the classic example of the deadlift when you go into too much, you know, lumbar flexion, you know, during the pull or hyperextension at the top of the lockout, you know, lean back, um, it can cause a, you know, pretty bad back injury. It's right. it's bad and it can, it can really severely affect not just your lifting, but your regular activities of daily living. So I think, first off, I think that's very important. Uh, you know, technique is important for a reason. So I would think the main thing to clean it up would be number one, hire a coach. I've been a trainer for nine years and I, I now pretty much have, I have two coaches now, actually. I've got one um, person who I consult with who helps me figure out my kettlebell programming, um, you know, as I work towards my my very specific goal. Um, and then I also have my my main guy, Sean, who's been programming for me for years. And, um, you know, he's got me doing some bodyweight movements, nice minimalist stuff so I can work around my busy uh, work schedule, obviously being a stay-at-home dad. So I think number one, hire a coach, you know, get somebody that knows more than you, or at the very least have a pair of eyes outside um, of yourself that can actually see what's going on. Um, the next piece would be take a video, you know, film your lift, you know, share it with a coach or just look at it yourself, slow down. Uh, yeah. you, a lot of times if you really, you know, pause at certain phases, you'll realize where the deficiencies are. Mm-hmm. So um, those would be my two main strategies for obviously working to yeah. correct that. 
Amen. Those are, those are great Marco. Yeah, exactly. Fill me your list. will obviously tell you some breakdown and you can slow it down. A lot of times you, I'll have clients. I'm sure you do too, where you'll actually show them the breakdown that like you'd slow down the movement a little bit and show them. Okay. I see on the deadlift, as you come up, you're hyperextending and you can literally show them the top position and how they're, how they're, how they're, they're, their back isn't straight. You know, they're, they're kind of in like a, a, a uh, too much of an upright position, almost too far forward. And they're putting a lot of stress in their lower back. So yeah, little things like that are huge. Exactly. And then no, at the end of the day, it's do not harm, right? That's, that's number one. If, you, if someone comes into a gym, that's why I started with this one. I think that's the, it's like I said, it's a layup because if you're, if you're injuring a client, then there's going to, they're going to be out for longer. And then what's the point in that? Then it's, they're not going to be consistent. So at the end of the day, that's, that's what we're here for is to, is to eliminate or at least reduce the risk of injury as really as much as possible. So whether, and again, that, that could go for whether they play a sport or just in just general population plan. So. No, definitely. Yeah. And again, the, I think the, the key distinction there is you said eliminate and or reduce the risk because there's, there's risk associated with everything, right? Training, right. it is a stress on the body. Now it's okay. a stress that we're intentionally imposing on the body to create physiological adaptations, you know, that are, that are advantageous for us, you know, whether it be a training adaptation to perform a certain task or an aesthetic goal, mm-hmm. um, you know, et cetera. So it's, uh, so yes, I, I think that's a great, uh, great reframe there. It's not like we're not going to completely el- eliminate the risk of injury uh, because sometimes something just goes slightly goes wrong or everything goes right. And you just, you, you unintentionally exceeded, you know, what your what the body, what the soft tissues and joint systems can handle. So that's yeah. uh, definitely a key distinction there, Eric. I like that. Yep. So that's number one. What, what would you say is the second one? That's a solid number one, man. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to also throw in a, a nice layup. You know, the big one here is uh, just consistency. I mean, this is the, this is low hanging fruit I'm going after, but, but it's still um, important nonetheless. If you're, if you're not hitting a minimum number of training sessions a week, then you're, then you're just not going to progress towards your goal. You know, my, and my big thing is just to have, um, have non-negotiable. So my absolute bare minimum, I have to train it at least two times a week. So in some weeks, that's really hard. You know, obviously stay at home dad, I got a small business and, you know, I have a, I have a wife, I have two pets I take care of. So it gets a little bit hectic. But um, if I if I hit at least two workouts a week, I know I'm I'm progressing towards my goal. Now, if I hit three or four, I'm definitely progressing at a more rapid rate, and uh, definitely getting you know more of those training adaptations that I'm after. But the I think that's very closely you know which is why I think it's up near the top of our list uh, or at the top of our list is is because of how important it is. It's it's right there with good good technique. You know if you're practicing a movement consistently and practicing it well you're going to reach your goals, obviously much faster. So you got to be consistent, you know, even if you're not doing a lot in a session, just getting, um, just checking off the box and punching out, punching in and punching out, um, you know, like you're going to work. Definitely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. To add to that too, I think starting, starting small rather than trying to do too much at once. Absolutely. Consistency. Yes. Like people come in, they're like, they want to do all these, all these things all at once. And I think it's the power of less. There's actually the book is called power less. And it basically the idea is just changing or the idea that people try to change too many things all at once. And you're better off just addressing at least one habit at a time. They're writing that down power less by, yeah. you know, who wrote it is Leo Babuta, B-A-B-A-U-T-A. Thank you. I'll that, check that out. The power of less. Yes. That, that basically in, in it, it addresses how, you do one habit at a time, you're 85% more likely to be successful 
as opposed to trying to do like two or more habits at once. If you're not ready for that, you're, it's only 33% likelihood of being able to sustain those habits. So definitely really key. And, and think about it this way, you start small and you could always like, like we've talked about before, it's like habit stacking. So you can start another book, Atomic Habits. If you want to, yeah. I'm sure the audience knows okay. about that. But that, that's another book where they talk about habit, stack, habit stacking. So it's like, basically you'll say, okay, I, you know, after or before, whatever your current habit is. So you'll, you'll say like, after I train, I'll record my results. So basically your habit stacking, you're going to work, you're going to, you're going to train or work out. And then you're also going to record your results afterwards. So those are two separate habits technically, but you're, you're, the idea is uh, once a, once a current habit is built in, then, it, then, it, then, then you can start adding another habit onto it. So you want to start with the first habit, get that down first, and then add the next one in. So that, be, that becomes really crucial. But the habit stacking idea is, is, is really crucial too, because at the end of the day, you can't just do just one habit and then you're good. You have to add over time, you know, it's like progressive overload. You got to add more over time. So, but yeah, that, that's, that's key. Exactly. That consistency is number one for sure. As far as I say, number one, it is actually number one in comparison to even poor technique, because if, if you're not consistent, then it's not going to, none of that's going to matter. So, yeah. So, number three. Number three. I'm going to go with making aesthetics the only reason that you train. Yes. I think, I don't, I mean, I'm going to be to tell you, one of the first to tell you that or one of many to tell you that most people, when they first start working out, that's what their goal is lose weight, build muscle, just the, the, the basic goals. I think that that's where like the power of why becomes important and understanding, okay, keep digging deeper. Like, why do you want to exercise, insert your goal, whatever that is. You know, a lot of times people are going to say they don't like the way they look or they want to look a certain way. And then they say they want to lose X amount of weight. And then you can keep asking why, like, why do you want to, why do you want that particular weight or what, why, why has that been a trigger for you in the first place? And then a lot of times you can kind of get to the root reason. And then a lot of times it's, it's more even, even basic of like, you, you want to feel empowered. You want to feel confident in the gym. So I, I would say the idea of, of more, and we've talked about it, the, the performance ideas is probably really key is just, is just finding some, um, we'll say exercises that you, you, you like, or at least semi-like, cause you gotta, you gotta want to come in there and do it. But I think a lot of times, like it, it, it might take a little bit of time to come up with a goal. Like I think aesthetics is probably the surface level where most people start, like as far as, cause they just don't, that's, that's all they think with exercise. But then you realize there's, there's so many other things I like, think about. It, it's like, it's a good marker as far as of your health and longevity. So if you're, you're consistent and you're, you're exercising, yes, like aesthetics are probably like the first thing you think about, but a lot of times you feel better first before the looks even come into play. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? So usually, as you know, it usually takes three to six months for really any sort of like substantial change to your body. So a lot of times it's just like, I feel better. And then eventually you start eating a little bit better. And then a lot of times your sleep might improve a little bit. So these are kind of like psychological things over time that'll happen or um, thing, thing, things that, that more or less come over time. So um, I, again, it kind of goes back to just having like having a goal, but not always be not always just be like for, for looks per se, try to, try to find some sort of outlying thing that you, that you like, uh, whether it's a performance-based goal or some sort of just like health marker goal for yourself. So I would say that's like, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty key one too. Yeah, no, I think that's great, man. And, you know, not to, not to knock the bodybuilding style training because 
it obviously gets results. And if that is your goal, obviously you're going to get up on stage and compete. Then um, you still should focus on movements. Obviously, you still want to make sure you're you're training for performance and and you know having a, a well-rounded approach to your training. But obviously, aesthetics will be more of a focus. You know, if you're on that kind of a of a training you know track. Uh, but yes, no, I, I, that's one of the biggest mistakes I made when I first started training was just that old school bodybuilding bro split, you know, chest, shoulders, back, legs. And, uh, as a result of that, I was only doing, uh, you know, squat deadlift type movements only once a week and, yeah. uh, and wasn't definitely wasn't getting enough of a training stimulus when you're young, obviously, you know, you've got a lot of variables on your side, uh, more free flowing testosterone and your recovery is just more rapid. Yada yada yada, but I uh, again was definitely missing missing out on a lot of a lot of gains, particularly in the strength department, uh, when I what just wasn't training the movements enough, you know, with enough frequency to uh, to get more like good long term goals. When you're a newbie, you know, obviously you can do any training plan, and you're gonna get you're gonna get rapid results because you have what we call the new gains. You know, you get the the crazy you know CNS um, uh, neural adaptations that happen very rapidly within those first, uh, you know, first uh, couple of months that are, which are crazy. You're like PRing every single week, but it doesn't last, you know, you, <laughs> Eric and I'll tell you, we've been in the game long enough to to know that uh, that's definitely not, not going to happen long-term, you know, competitive athletes will reach a point where they'll be happy, you know, if they gain five pounds, you know, of a, of a PR on a lift, you know, when they reach a certain point in their career. Yeah. And I think too, it, like you, you made a good point with the training stimulus thing. That's really, really crucial too. Yeah. I mean, like you said, anything you do will work, especially in the beginning and, and aesthetics, like I said, that, that's a drive, it's a main driver for a lot of people. But then, then when I think people realize, okay, like if I can, if I can feel just better by doing exercise in general. And then, like I said, you can really have, like, I, I always think like you want to find maybe, I don't know, like, four to six movements, I would say like per phase or for per block, maybe four to six weeks that you really want to hammer away and get really good at, in my opinion. And then a yeah. lot of times it speaks for itself. So if you get really strong and, and, and Ben Bruno always like go back to Ben Bruno, he loves rear foot elevated split squats. He loves chin-ups. Uh, what's the other one? I'm missing a couple of them. Trap bar deadlift. Yep. And I want to say, I mean, he loves like single leg exercises. I know a lot. And then, and then he explores other, other things too, but I think, I guess, I guess what I'm getting at is like finding a couple exercises as like your barometer. Like, am I getting stronger in a lot of these movements? And then if you are, a lot of times aesthetics speak for itself. You know what I mean? Like if you're, yeah. and that's why having a higher coach, if, if, if you're cons consistent with like, okay, like you're make you make sure you check the boxes. Like you're doing, like you had said movements, you're doing like a hip or knee dominant movement. You're doing some sort of pushing and pulling and you're doing some, some sort of core movement and you're checking those boxes as far as like that exercise barometer of like, I'm getting better at those movements in those those, those subcategories, you're bound to make progress. And then, like I said, I think like I was sort of mentioning is over time, you'll, you might come up with something that you really like, meaning like, okay, maybe I hate rear foot elevated split squats, but I like walking lunge or whatever, you know, you, you, yeah. you can start to like switch it up a little bit to, to your liking, but um, I'll be, I'll be the first to tell you, like I did a lower body day today and I'm you know, front squatting, I'm deadlifting, I was doing walking lunges and it sucks. Like, it's not easy. Like you know, I say, it sucks. And you feel so good afterward, but like during it, it's freaking hard. So, but I, but I also think like with, with that pain, you feel so much better knowing you did it and, and you usually feel a lot better afterwards. So there, there's a lot of upside to it if you stick to it and obviously you're doing things well and, and progressing on them. So. Yeah. No, I think that's great. No, I, I, um, I honorable mention 
and uh, and we'll, we can use this to kind of close off the the arc, the number three with aesthetics only. Skipping leg day, like come on, that's a lot of people, a lot of guys focus on upper body. They want to do you know chest, shoulders, back, and arms. And it's not only is it silly, it reaches a point where it's like, dude, come on, you, you're like super top heavy and aesthetically just looks silly, but you're also missing out on so many games and you're yeah. long-term, you're definitely setting yourself up. You know how it is. You, you know how it is, Marco, right? If you're doing, if you're doing a lot of legs, like obviously again, it's going to boost your testosterone. You're going to, you're going to actually improve other lifts by doing that, right? If you Absolutely. get better at flying or deadlifting, like your back's going to get a lot bigger. If you're deadlifting and stronger there. Um, also same thing with the squat, your back's going to get stronger. Your arms are going to get a little stronger. Your shoulders are going to get a little bit stronger. So like the four is going to get stronger. Everything has to work synergistically throughout your body as you do a lot of those movements. And I always tell people there's, there's a reason why these are freaking hard. Like the, a lot of the leg exercises that people don't like tend to be the best, some of the best movements you can do for yourself from a standpoint of longevity, but also like aesthetics and performance and all that other stuff. So they all kind of, they all kind of go together. It's like a tree branch. They kind of all connect in some way. So. Oh, definitely. Oh, go ahead. No, I I mean, I I was just saying like that. I I wish I kind of bypassed that, I guess, for anyone new to working out or exercise. I think that's one thing I bypassed is I I would skip, I would skip leg deck in high school or even early college. I I don't think I really squatted or deadlifted until probably like a junior or senior year of college as far as consistently. Mm -hmm. I I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I was doing some squatting and, and stuff like that in high school, even, even deadlifting, but very minimal. I think maybe, like you said, once a week, maybe. And I wasn't really too curious about correcting my technique too much. It was like, I just see other people doing it and I would just kind of copy what they were doing. So I wasn't really conscious of, of that stuff. So it, de- it definitely makes a big difference. Yeah, no, I love it, man. And like a little teaser for the future um, in regards to, you know, bringing it full circle, you know, talking about skipping leg day, aesthetics over performance, you know, going exclus- exclusively on aesthetics Will, when we get into the deadlift, the squat, the bench press, the overhead press, and the chin up in the future, you'll be shocked by how much lower body is involved with a lot of those movements, in particular yeah. with the bench press. So we'll, uh, I'll leave it there, but we'll get into the future and we'll, we'll talk to, we'll have some yeah. fun talking with you about the sawed off bench cue and mm-hmm. um, all that fun stuff. So it's going to be good. All right. Marvin, so we got three. So number four, I'm going to say, Ego lifting. So this is going to be two together, but they're this basically yeah. the same concept. I'm going to say ego lifting slash testing strength versus training strength. And this is where, what I mean by that is everybody on Instagram, of course, everywhere people post their PRs like, oh, I just hit a one rep max PR on this lift or whatever. Um, and those are great. I love testing. Testing is fun. Like it's a lot of fun, especially when you feel good. However, the majority of your time should be spent training, not testing. Um, honestly, most training programs I've been on and most training pr- programs that I have clients on, we're training anywhere from like 60 to 75% of someone's one RM, you know, for whatever volume it is for that day. We're very rarely maxing out training to fail, <coughs> excuse me, uh, maxing out training to failure or, or redlining it, you know, pushing it really hard and going over the edge. Um, there's a time for that. I personally only do that about two or three times a year, um, just because my, you know, my body 
just doesn't like to to do it. It's it's very taxing um, on your body, your soft tissues, and uh, your CNS. You know, you're fried afterwards. So the classic, like I always use the the the, the classic, uh, the bros going into the gym and loading up the bench press and just like for starting off their chest Monday chest workout with a you know a max out bench press set, then going over doing their actual chest workout. Like that's that's very taxing on the body. You can do it when you're young. Um, but it definitely takes a toll on you over time. And then, of course, the evolution of that lifter typically uh, later in years, typically by the time they're they're like our age or maybe just a little bit older, they've got shoulder pain, they've got back pain, they've got neck pain, they've got this going on, they've got that going on. And they're just, they're just, and they're not competing. A lot of these folks aren't even like powerlifting. So it's like, it's just for their own, their own, their own ego. And then nowadays, of course, people will post videos online and all that stuff. And I do it too. I, I love PRs. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Sure. But I think when you're in when you're in the gym training, if it's a training session and a workout, we should be practicing movements that are going to move you closer towards your goal. Just testing over and over and over and over again uh, is not going to get you there, um, and it's actually very dangerous and can get you really really hurt. So um, yeah, don't ego lift. Get in there, get the job done, and get out. Yeah, I mean, even to add that too, I think it's it's the difference between like training and working out like training. You're, you're, like you said, you're heading towards a specific goal as opposed, as opposed to working out where it could be more random, randomized. There's not really yeah. necessarily an outcome that you're looking for outside of just being tired. So I think that becomes really crucial for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and that being said too, it's like the, the whole maxing out thing and the ego lifting, like you said, I think I get it to, to an extent, like you're, you're going to have maybe, two or three times a year where you get close to testing a one RM or a three RM or something like that, as far as like really going full hundred, hundred percent plus. But in reality, a lot, a lot more people than you'd think probably do that more frequently and that's where they hurt themselves and that's when they're out for a while. So it just, yeah, it, you're better off being at like submaximal. So I would say from a percentage, I don't really necessarily train percentages currently, but I think yeah, an, an ideal world is like, lowest reps you're going for is like a set of like a challenging set of five or like maybe up to like eight to 12 reps as far as like how many reps you're going to go. But I would say like from a standpoint of really testing a, a, a heavy um, lift, I would say, yeah, I would say for the most part, you're probably going from a percentage standpoint, maybe like 80, 85%, maybe 90, but not much past that. Sure. Most yeah. weeks. Again, obviously if you're peaking and you're, you're going to do a, a, a powerlifting me or just in general, you're just kind of working your way up each week. Yeah. You might, you might have like a couple of weeks where you're really pushing it, but how many times of the year are you really going to do that? Right. You're, you're, you're normally going to train submax submaximally between like five to 12 reps at, at a weight you can probably manage, but still being able to get stronger each week, of course, in those rep ranges. Exactly. So that kind of leads me to what did I want to go with next year? Okay, so I'm gonna do I'm gonna do burnout. Burnout's gonna be mine. So I think that's another good one. The reason why I think it's a sin too is think about it. if you're if you're always trained to failure, you're always trying to you're always trying to set PRs, and you're 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 not really focusing on like undulating or, or making it more like varying your intensity levels. Your body's yeah. eventually not gonna be able to break down, and that's where you're gonna either get hurt or not be able to build muscle. And then Jay Ferrugia says all the time, stimulate, don't annihilate. Like stimulating the muscle is great, but you don't want to annihilate. You don't want to continue to annihilate it every single, every single week or every single day. So I think more people than not do the all or nothing approach where they try to just crush their bodies every time. And 
we, I'm sure you fell victim. I fell victim to it periods of, periods of my training. And sometimes okay. it's like you, you, you back to the ego lifting, it's the same idea, but I think you're better off thinking to yourself, okay, if I don't, or if I focus on just having more of a program where I build up slowly each week, you know, by design, it's almost like I'd rather have somebody do a little bit less in the beginning. You know what I mean? Someone that's new, I'd, I'd rather have them do Absolutely. less of a stimulus training stimulus in the beginning because their bodies will make change just by doing things that they're not normally doing. And then you can slowly build and make it, get them stronger each week. And then eventually you can get closer to like, we, like you talked about more of like a PR or like maximal um, reps or whatever. So, but yeah, in general, I would say most people will burn out because they're just doing too much right away, not sleeping well, they're stressed and all these things kind of all combined together. And then that's, that's where their bodies crash and it's so hard for their bodies to kind of uh, make change. Right. So their metabolism will be all over the place and they're, they're, they're stressed all the time. So they're not sleeping well. And like I said, they're training too hard. So their bodies never really have a chance to actually re recover and get better. Yeah, no, I think that's a great one, man. And I couldn't agree more. And I feel like that's such a great follow-up to number well, four, said, yeah. the ego yep. lifting and uh, testing versus training, because that's really what it leads to. If you keep yep. doing that, right. You keep, going all out you keep going to failure um which by the way i don't i don't know how you feel about it i don't really train many people to failure um like no. every like a, like if it's an um like an arm like biceps triceps maybe but like no yeah. Compound. yeah i don't train compound lifts to failure at all no um, no i, I usually know. think like like at least i mean two reps in reserve is probably the ideal situation yeah. like you know that that methodology just knowing yeah. okay like you could probably perform two more reps <laughs> And that, and that is it. So I, I try to stop them almost sooner than that. And that's where training comes into play of like, let's in the beginning, start with a little bit less. That way we can make sure the technique is really good. And then you can start kind of adding the weight on each week, if that makes sense. So I, I've had a lot of success with people starting a little bit less in the beginning. And then like, like again, it's kind of by design to say to yourself, like, let, let's just get you really good at these skills first. And then we can start to like add a little bit more as you get more confident, as I feel like you're getting better at the movements. And then, yeah. And then, and then that's usually where people get results. Cause then all of a sudden their bodies aren't broken down. They're, they're not burnt out. And then they will hit PRs and probably consistently hit PRs for, for a while because they started with a little bit less and they actually had a lot more room in the tank for future weeks. And then they were able to kind of grow up or build off that or that previous week. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can't tell you how I've lost count of how many times, I've started a new client on a program and they've complained to me after day one or day two said, man, this is really easy. Um, I think we need to really kick things up. And it's like, hang on, trust me, trust the process. Yeah. Um, yeah. Progress. Exactly. You know, we we're, I'm not going to drop you in the deep end on day one. Um, so, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I, I like that. Exactly. It's, it's, it's tough. Cause you have, you have to tell a client like, Hey, look, it's just going to become challenging, but at the beginning, the weights you do, like they may not feel as challenging, but we want to just make sure you're getting good at the movement themselves. So exactly. it's, the, the ideal situation is like, okay, if you're going to squat, let's say, oh, like if you ask somebody, like let's say somebody that's been training for a little while, how much do you squat? They're probably going to tell you higher than what they probably could really do well for exactly. the most part. So that a lot of times, whatever somebody tells me, it's almost like I'm going to take a step back and say, okay, oh, you said you can do 315. We're probably going to get nowhere near that for a while. Unless you prove you have the competence, we can move you up faster. But for the most part, most people it, it will tell you something, and it's probably a lot lower than what they say it actually is. So that, that that's just what I've learned over time. Of course, there's always outliers, and some people 
they they actually surprise you. They're like, okay, this person really could squat 315 and do it really well. But you, you, for the average lifter, I would say you're probably in, in most of our clientele, the general population, start with less, get them really good, and then just slowly build and add more each week. Oh, I couldn't agree more, Eric. And honestly, the one of the biggest reframes for me, particularly over the last few years in regards to my training philosophy is it's really, I've really gone full circle with it now, actually. I think of my training, uh, my fitness training and mental training, by the way, I, I work on that too, with reading, learning and developing and all that stuff. But anyways, in regards to physical training, strength training, I have now adopted the same philosophy that I have and investing my marriage, my journey as a father, um, taking care of my home, my family, and you know, volunteering and all like all, all the things that I that I'm involved with in my in my life. It's a long game. I'm I'm involved in the long game. I'm not looking for for short term gains. Yeah. Um, sometimes things will happen, like you know, you'll you'll time something just right in the market, and you're like, oh, this is up now um, or whatever. But like long term is is where the focus should yeah. be, and, and you know. There's so much like when you first start training, when I was you know younger, again, we wanted to look good, get the ladies. Let's be honest, like there's yeah. there's only one reason most guys go to the gym, particularly when, when we're young, um, yeah. is to, you know, get some attention uh, yeah. from people that we are that we're attracted to. Um, so but now, obviously, for me, the most important thing is I want to be able to play with Vivi and be able to keep up with her and run around. I want to be able to bend right. down, take her, pick her up out of the crib, uh, yeah. free, go up and down the stairs without hurting. Um, you know, all those types of things that I need to be able to do on a daily basis repetitively. So, um, yeah. I think just a little, little reframe to also kind of help, uh, kind of seal this one up and, uh, put a bow on it is just long-term, long-term focus versus, okay, let's do this 12 week program, crush it, hit a PR and then, okay, what's next? Yeah, exactly. Couldn't agree more. Am I up next or you're up next? Uh, I am up next. Yeah. So we've got five. We're, we're This is great, by the way. I feel like we're definitely choosing. Uh, you're definitely choosing all the ones I would have chosen, by the way, if I had this list on my own. So yeah, absolutely. it's really, really good. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose another low-hanging fruit one. Uh, I'm going to say neglecting mobility. And that's definitely something that I did for many, many years, you know, just not, not doing anything, honestly. I was your typical meathead for years, lifting, just doing my stuff never did any stretching or mobility work and was definitely leading to a bunch of, of issues. I was getting like lower back pain. My shoulders were starting to hurt. My neck, neck was starting to hurt. I was starting to get a lot of upper back pain too, particularly like right in between my shoulder blades and um, was just not feeling good after my training sessions. And it, in fact, I was feeling worse actually after training sessions and um, definitely noticed my body was starting to break down on me. So it was, um, I will say like going from not doing anything to just adding a couple of moves a day. I mean, it, it, it knocked years off of my body as far as how I felt. I just immediately, just, just for doing a few different drills, um, immediately started mo noticing a massive difference in regards to my lower back pain and tightness and, and my performance, you know, my, my ability to squat low, uh, you know, under load and do it well, uh, deadlifting without back pain and, you know, being able to press, you know, and without any shoulder pain. So it's, um, it's low hanging fruit. And uh, I feel like for a lot of people, it's obvious, but I feel like it deserves a mention up there on the list. I think neglecting mobility is definitely a, a big no, no. Yeah. Can you, can you go through the list? Just because I've, we have one more. I just want to make sure I don't repeat because it's easy to repeat it all. Yeah. Eric, come on. You don't remember everything. <laughs> try, try. No worries. Hey, no, it's good. And uh, no, so we've got, so number one is, uh, is bad technique slash suboptimal technique, mm -hmm. uh, consistency or lack of consistency. 
focusing only on aesthetics, ego lifting slash training, excuse me, testing versus training. Number five is burnout slash overtraining, you know, redlining too much. And then number six, neglecting mobility. I mean, I guess you could stick to low hanging fruit again, trying to change everything all at once. And did we say, did we say that? Or we, I know we kind of like sort of you alluded, you alluded to it, but we haven't mentioned it yet. So yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to go with that. Cause that, that, that just seems like it's the one that I see a lot. So to kind of expand in that too, I think that, that it goes across all realms because you, you need a lot of things to fall into place, I guess, to, to really maximize your results. So it's, it's a combination of training, consistently a couple times a week and repeating movements. I would say that's like number one, or at least, at least from a standpoint of what we do, but then, but then the, the, the tree branches that you need from off of that, or you need nutrition to be someone on point, right. You know, that that's going to be a driver as well. And then the lifestyle factors. So I think all three of those, but not trying to do too much of that all at once, if that makes sense. So being able to like take a little bit of each one, so then like, I, like, for example, with training, let's just say, let's say consistent, you know, consistency part goal is two times at least a week of training. Let's try to work on what nutrition will say, we'll, we'll try to work on your, your water or protein, whatever that is. And then for the other, like the, the, the lifestyle will say, get out and walk X amount each day, 20, 30 mm-hmm. minutes a day. That could just be a start. And then you kind of just, again, sort of like a training program, how you want to progress that over time. Then you can progress those three things over the course of a limited amount of time. Really, it just never really ends. You know, it is, we're still kind of probably working on things. So it never ends, but you just find what those are for you for all those categories for training, nutrition, lifestyle, and then just continuously kind of one up over time and or tweak. It's always going to be tweak, not necessarily, not necessarily overhaul. I think that's, that's a big, a big key yeah. there. You'll, you'll, it's, it's like anything else. You, you want to like slowly make changes because if you rapidly make the changes, that's usually when people can't stick to it. And then they're just, they go haywire and don't get results. Yeah. So they go or they go off, they fall off the deep end and actually get worse. So I think that's, that's really key is slowly implementing these things and, and improving on them at your pace, but at a pace that's you're held accountable to that. So it's like, okay, yeah. you, you, you nailed these down. We checked up off the boxes for, the first two weeks, now let's add on this, this, and this for the, the next two weeks. Yeah, that's great, man. That um, I think that's awesome. You you definitely alluded to something where I feel like I want to throw in an honorable mention yeah. uh, because this one, I feel like definitely contender for being on the list. And then I'll, I'll actually pair this with a book recommendation as well. So I think, yeah, I like, you know, we're always dropping, yeah. we like to drop books. So you, you mentioned like total overhaul, trying to change everything versus like, you know, small little tweaks. Yeah, I think, and again, I mentioned this earlier a little bit when I mentioned like long-term thinking is, so the book, actually, I'll recommend the book first. So The Infinite Game, have you heard of The Infinite Game, Eric? Yeah, I think, um, I'm going to look at my notes. I'm pretty sure you talked about it maybe a little bit. Yeah. What's the, give me a synopsis of it. What's the, what's the idea of it? So it's written by Simon Sinek. So who also wrote Power of Why, the book we both love. Um, basically, it's it's a matter of a, of a total reframe in philosophy uh, in regards to like, it, he talks about businesses, but it, it, it can be applied to many other things too. Fitness goals for sure. But basically just a more of a long, a long ball approach. You know, thinking yeah. about most businesses, like particularly ones that are traded publicly traded they look at quarterly reports right they look at like how are how are the stocks doing you know what um 
I'm going to show my my ignorance in this world because I don't know a lot about it. But uh, basically, like what 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 the shareholders made in that quarterly meeting or that that you know semi annual meeting or whatever. Um, yeah. That's a very finite way of thinking. We're like, all right, how did this quarter go? Okay, cool. Let's look at the next quarter, the next quarter, the next quarter. How are we doing this business cycle, this fiscal year, et cetera? The infinite game, the, the infinite game minded entrepreneur or lifter or investor or whatever, they're thinking about how, number one, how long can I stay in the game? Right. How long can I continue to train two times a week? Or, you know, or keep maintaining my healthy lifestyle or keep working towards maintaining a better, a healthier lifestyle. How long can my business stay on the S&P 500 list, um, you know, or just just stay open? Um, And your, your philosophy then becomes more of long-term solutions and long-term strategies to, to stay in the game versus, okay, if I I tweak this really quick thing here and I, and I rush this product development i rush this thing out to market I, we can get some quick cash flow uh but it's not going to be a sustainable approach if yeah. i get on this supplement pro, pro program quote unquote uh <laughs> or do this really extreme weight loss challenge or or extreme workout program i can get really quick short-term results but i won't be able to sustain it sustain it long term yeah and it's probably not going to be very healthy um, yeah. Not to get political, but a lot of analysts have talked about, obviously, the, the Federal Reserve um, and having we, we've printed lots of dollars, <laughs> trillions of dollars um, yeah, into the economy. Sure. And we're facing the effects of that, you know, with inflation and a bunch of other things. It's um, again, I don't want to turn this into a political podcast because that's no. honestly that's that's regardless of party because it happens under under both parties. But but anyway, um, the big focus here is like the infinite game, Simon Sinek argues, is we're we're worried about the long term. We're trying to stay in the game as long as we can. We're not looking for quick fix solutions. Yeah. It's all about what can I do to keep going as long as possible. Yeah, yeah. I put that in the show notes for sure. And then Atomic Habits, James Clear, just throw that in there again, I would say. Yeah. And then oh, Atomic Habits is great. And then the power of less. I think those three are are great. That's awesome. I'm going to read The Power of Less. That sounds awesome. I, yeah. um, that's been a big reframe for me, actually, with my training also, by the way. Um, yep. My program, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm training for the Sinister Challenge, uh, which is only two movements. You got to perform two movements under a certain time, uh, under certain time parameters. But um, I have noticed over the last few years, I've been doing less movements but I've gotten really good at those movements and I've been doing them better. And as a result of consistent training, practice, consistency, and making sure I'm getting my recovery in and, and practicing better nutritional habits, I'm able to perform those movements with pretty substantial weight now uh, compared to obviously what I was doing before. So it's, um, you know, there's there's something to be said for a simple approach that's uh, that's practiced with a long-term mindset. Yeah, no, it's great. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I'm still in the process too, and we'll maybe maybe not for this episode, but I'll kind of go through some of my goals with you too. And I'm sure I'll talk to you talk to you off yeah. air about it. But for sure, I totally agree with that. I think having the mindset of a little bit less over time that's actually better. Like you said, you get really really good at those movements or whatever <laughs> you're doing, and, um, and it, it'll just it'll, it'll have a better long term um, result from it. And it, and like you said, it's something you can actually sustain as opposed to just throwing. Every like I and I think you probably have done this before too. Is when you first started, you tr- probably tried to do like too much, and now you're like condensed it a little bit. So, oh yeah, no, absolutely. You you, you know, it's uh, the everything in the kitchen sink approach. Like we've all we've all tried it. You know, I've tried it with many other things, and 
it's uh again it's it's initially maybe it's a little fun because it's like a bunch of novelty and yeah. um, you know and all that stuff but it's it's just not it's not just not feasible long term you know Definitely. you definitely just have to find the approach that works for you like my minimalist kettlebell bodyweight training is perfect for my current uh lifestyle my current phase in life right now you know busy you know running around with vivi and um I, personally i now I don't spend hours at the gym anymore just because I, I don't have those hours. As, I mean, I do have those hours. I choose not to spend those hours in the gym because I want to be with my family. It's not as and, important uh, to you. And yeah, it, exactly. It's not as important for you to like to spend endless hours in there and, and not really getting much from that. So exactly. And I it just like, you know, I, and again, if you're not a parent, maybe don't fully understand this, which is okay. Um, I don't say that arrogantly. I just say when you become a parent, your priorities certainly will shift a lot. Um, you know, whenever I give Vivi a hug and a kiss and I have to go work, or go do something. I always tell her like when daddy leaves, daddy's only leaving for two things. He's either going to go earn some money, you know, go earn income to help, uh, you know, help the family. Right. Or he's going to do something that is, is for his mental health, i.e. something fun, hanging out with the boys, going to a movie, um, sometimes just going to work out and, uh, but not going to be gone for hours on end doing, you know, doing BS. So that's always my big thing is like time. Cause now when I'm training with my clients, it's a matter of I'm taking time away from my family to be with you, which it's, I think it's a good trade-off. It's, it's, um, I think it's worth it. Obviously working towards goals. I'm building my business. And, um, and again, it's, it's definitely like working towards common goals, help serving my clients, of course, and, uh, working towards some, some awesome goals and, um, whatnot. I feel like I just went on a tangent there, but no worries. Right. <laughs> no, I, I got you. So we got, we got seven, which is good. I love it. You want to list them again or just to, to get them all lined up? Yeah, yeah. Let's run through them one more time, and uh, then we can wrap up um, with a few, maybe a few comments or whatever. But um, all right. So number one we have is suboptimal slash poor technique. We've got lack of consistency, focusing only on aesthetics, ego lifting slash testing strength versus training strength, ego, uh, excuse me, burnout slash overtraining, uh, neglecting your mobility, and then total overhaul, i.e. trying to change everything and uh, not focusing on small, uh, small wins, you know, making, making those yeah. small wins. So it's pretty, and, pretty solid. Yeah, I've got I one little, think. little side thing to say one, once you're, but go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think it, we pretty much summed up. We had, well, we obviously had different things. I would say different things, yeah. a little bit different things, but we, we were able to kind of sum it up into what we, what we wanted it to be. Like I, like I said, I had like, a bunch of subcategories off of what I was saying. And then I realized it's like all pretty much the same thing. Yeah. And like, I think you said you, you had the same, but like pretty much the same things or, or similar things. So mm-hmm. I think we did a good job of just kind of, yeah. kind of condensing and making it kind of digestible for everybody. So that's good. Yeah, no, I mean, that's again, one of, one of the, the main reason that I have you on the show with me, Eric, is um, we're on the big things, on the important things, I'll say, um, our values definitely align as far as training, the reason we're doing it, what we what we believe in, um, as far as like the fundamental principles, obviously, like our tool of choice is a little bit different. Uh, exactly. And I don't think that really matters, honestly, where we both teach people how to do the same movements. Um, we may just have a preference for one tool over the other. So, sure. um, which again, I, I've, I'm less and less concerned with that these days. Okay. Um, if you're moving, you're having fun, you're being consistent and you're reaching your goals. I really don't care what you use. I mean, you, if you, <laughs> as silly as it's going to sound, I mean, if you're using, if you're using a shake weight and you're doing a bunch of like shake weight exercises and you're having fun, you're safe and you're reaching whatever goals you are with that shake weight, have fun. 
um, you know, in, in, in all seriousness, I say that kind of jokingly, but also yeah. in a serious way, um, you know, people do like, you know, we'll do specific programs with certain tools and that's all they want to do. And there's, again, there's a place for everything. So I don't, I don't, um, I definitely try really hard not to judge one yeah. reframe. So I'm going to selfishly use this time to create another piece of content. Cause I was planning on doing, I forgot to tell you this, Eric, but I'm going to start doing Monday videos again for YouTube. Okay. And I'm going to call them instead of motivation Monday, I'm going to call them Monday meditations. And okay. basically just like my thoughts, like philosophy, strength training, et cetera. And um, I think it'll be a good wrap up for this as well. So that's the reason yeah. I'm kind of, kind of stealing what? the mic back for a second. So one of my favorite sports to watch is football. You know, it's a lot of fun. And I feel like we, the highlights will always show you like the touchdowns, the interceptions, you know, the, the, the kick six, the pick six when those happen. One of the biggest reframes for me is I try to think of my day kind of like a football game, not as violent. Obviously no one's tackling me. Well, Vivi tries to tackle me, but uh, <laughs> I'm not usually getting tackled. Um, but I, I try to focus on positive yardage and first downs. I'm not expecting every single play to be a touchdown because obviously that's just not going to happen. You know, it's definitely not a, not a realistic long-term approach. However, when I eat a healthy snack, you know, eat a healthy meal, I get a few extra steps in, I get a good workout in, I drink a little bit of water. I, you know, consume some good, wholesome, healthy content that's going to benefit my mental health. I learn something new. I read a, a passage from a book or something, right? I learn a new concept or uh, I'm, I have a little bit of a, like a, like a eureka mind blowing moment where I start thinking in a different way about a topic. Um, any of those uh, are, all of those are examples of that's a first down. I've, I've made a significant uh, move forward. I've advanced, you know, ten yards down, ten yards down the field, right? And I've gotten that uh, that next first down. Then, of course, you you start thinking about your next one and your next one and your next one. It's much easier to string together, you know, those like those smaller gains and wins versus yeah. okay, I'm going to try to look. You know, we got to get a grand slam, or we got to get a home run, or a touchdown, or we got to yeah. slam dunk it every single time. So that's just in regards to your training, your nutrition, relationships you know, building a business, I really think it it would serve so many people to start thinking in more of that term of like, let's get some good first downs, let's get a good play, um, you know, make a good play and then move from there versus, okay, we got to swing for the fences. And if we don't nail it, you know, 100% on that first, first um, go round, it's not worth it. Because obviously that all or nothing approach is not going to work. Yeah, it's a great way to end. That's, that's a great flaw. I mean, two, it, it becomes more of, when you think of it that way, then those small wins become that much more rewarding. You know yeah. I mean, as opposed to like telling yourself, like, I have to score this touchdown, basically an analogy. I have to do, you know, X, Y, or Z, something that's like unrealistic or something you can't get to right away. Then if you become discouraged or just disappointed because you're like, okay, I, I shot for the fences. In reality, I should have just slowly built up to getting towards that. And then all of a sudden you'll, those little things become a lot more rewarding because you know, it's, there's a much bigger picture that you're kind of, kind of aiming for, or, you know, something that, that is going to bring you closer to that. So of yeah. course too, and, and you, I don't know if you touched on it, but you're, there's going to be like bumps along the way, or there's going to be some of sort of like times that it, there's, there's things that come up that make it challenging to, to stay on course. But again, that the, the, the idea is, is to stay on course. Literally it's that simple. So like you fall off track, just get back on the next day. It's really as simple as that. You know, as well as me, like things don't always go, go according to plan as you expect them to. <laughs> Yeah. And you have to be like already thinking of the uncertainty of like, I don't know what's going to happen, but, but even though you don't know, just, just know that 
you can you can come back on the track and and rewrite what might have happened the day before or whatever and and, and you, you can make things better for yourself assuming your alignment is there right assuming that you're being consistent with whatever you're trying your whatever your bigger picture is so i think that becomes really really good like you, you had mentioned that the framework and that's i totally agree with it but always know that it's not always going to be like cut and dry like yeah just follow these steps and you'll get there because you know it's not always going to be like that it's not always going to be linear so Definitely have a plan and have like that, but then also have B and C as a plan. So is it plan A, which you hope for, and then B and C are there as well in case things don't go according to what you expect. So it's like expect the unexpected, but always, what is it? Um, you always prepare. What is it? Prepare to fail or fail, fail to prepare. I, I don't know the, the quote, but you remember the quote? What am I thinking of? Well, I know there's the, if you fail, oh, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Yeah, simple as yeah. that. I don't, I don't know who said it. I didn't want to say the quote and then not know who said it. Do you know who said that quote? I have no idea who said it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but, but but in reality, as long as you have a plan of some sort and you're and you're working towards that, there's a better chance you're going to make it to that long term. As long as you're just doing those small things over the course of mm-hmm. weeks, months, days, weeks, months, years, whatever. And what again, whatever the goal may be, there's there's so many ways you can take that. But that was good. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, Eric, I think those were, I think we came up with a pretty, pretty halfway decent list together. Um, you see, you see the, sun, the sun's like in my face now. It's great. Yeah. yeah that works. It's, it's, it's really nice outside today. It's like, geez, it's like 75 degrees. Oh, it's amazing. When Vivi gets up, we're definitely going to take advantage and get outside and run around and um, have some fun, get that knee up. <laughs> Love that. Well, well, I think uh, next episode, we'll definitely dive a little bit deeper as far as, I'll say dive a little deeper, do a little like fun thing at the end that we, we probably didn't get to today. Yeah, no, let's definitely do it. Yeah, that'll be fun. And then we can talk about, I think next time we, we don't need to, I don't want to take up too much more of our amazing audience this time, but we can talk about what our non-negotiables are next week. I'd like to talk mm-hmm. about like your, whether it's, you know, we can talk about the training one, a movement one, a lifestyle one and nutrition, yeah, like you know, those kind of things and give people an idea of kind of what our, what our non-negotiables are. So that'll be good. Yeah. I like it, man. Sounds All great. Right. Well, Eric, do you have anything else to add? I don't. I think we covered a lot of ground. I agree. And uh, yeah, I want to thank all of you so much for tuning in, whether you're on YouTube or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, <laughs> whatever uh, whatever platform you're using currently to uh, to take in our content. So I want to thank all of you so much for watching and or listening. And uh, we're so glad to have had you here. Very excited to be back in the game. we got a lot of great ideas for, for more fun episodes in the future. If there's ever anything you'd like for us to discuss, feel free to hit us up in the DMs on Instagram. You can leave us a comment, uh, obviously on one of our Instagram posts or on the YouTube comments. So yeah, let us know what you'd like us to talk about. And that gives us makes it easier for us to figure out what the heck we want to blab on about for about an hour. And um, again, appreciate all of you being here. Hope that you, you know, hope we're leaving you better than we found you. Hope you learned something and you got some value from this, uh, from this, from this content. And, you know, at DDDJ, we're here to help you become your strongest self and have fun along the way. And I feel like we definitely accomplished that here. So with um, hopefully some good mental reframes. And as always, remember, train your body, feed your mind.